Hey, this is Mike Brake, and I'm the pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. I want to say thank you for stopping by our podcast today. We really do believe that you're only one step away from the relationship with God that you've been wanting. So I hope the message today gives you encouragement, gives you some vision so that you can take that next step towards freedom. Enjoy the message. Starting Freedom Church, we, we didn't know what we were getting into. Um, we just knew God had given us a vision, God had given us a call, and, and He's been, every step of the way, just been providing and helping people take next steps. That's what our mission is, our mission statement, helping people take the next step in their relationship with Jesus together. And that can look different on many uh, varieties because we all come in with our own, our own thing, our own stuff. And God can, can speak to you today, and I hope that he does. That was the thing that, that has excited me about this church, is people have been coming here expecting God to speak. We serve a living God, a living Savior who loves you, who has a plan for you, and so we expect him to speak. Could be big, could be small, but if the creator of the universe is speaking, it's all big to me. And so people have been expecting God to speak, but then he speaks, and then we say we want to help you take your next steps, not just stay where you're at, but take a next step. And people have been obediently doing that since the beginning. It's been amazing. It's been a privilege. It's been a hum- I've been humbled to be the pastor of this church. But really, what everybody has been doing, people are getting here early, setting things up. People been- Today's different. we got a lot of stuff going on. But, I mean, this didn't just happen. Like, people were working their tails off. People have been giving uh, generously so we could have something like this. And so I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you to everybody who's been praying, who's been giving, who's been serving, who's been taking your next steps. Because as a pastor, that's all I want. I don't, I don't want money. I don't want stuff. I don't want even a big crowd. I just want people to fall in love with Jesus and take their next steps. And I think when you do that, when a group of people do that, that's attractive and people want to be a part of that. People want to come and we've been seeing that happening. Today, uh, we're starting a brand new series called Hello, My Name Is. Kind of like the little name tag. Hello, my name is. But it, we're not talking about what is your, your name. We're going to be looking at things throughout the next five or six weeks that try to rob you of your identity. Some things that, that can come into your life that will try to, to steal uh, your joy, that will try to distract you from God's plan and purpose from your life and, and try to really rob you of, of your identity. So we're, go, we're going to look at things like, hello, my name is Wounded. Hello, my name is Failure. Um, we're going to look at things maybe that are currently coming at you at your current situation. Like, hello, my name is Tempted. Like, I'm just dealing with some stuff right now. Because all of these things that can come in our way, it's not, this isn't a series about how to avoid these things. Because you can't really avoid them. But Satan, our enemy, some people are like, well, the devil made me do it. Well, I don't know that he really did because the Bible always says that you're responsible for your actions, but he will leverage it. Oh, for sure. He will leverage it for his plans and purposes. But God, God wants you to overcome it. He has his plans and purposes. He wants to leverage it as well. So we're going to look at some things specifically and try to identify some of these things today. Hello, my name is Overwhelmed. Anybody, anybody, can you relate, okay? It doesn't, it doesn't matter in our lives. Like, being overwhelmed can come um, at, at any time. And it has, we'll be talking about worry. We're going to be talking about anxiety today as well. Does anyone in here, would you say, like, are you more anxious than you were a year ago? 
maybe like five years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago. I read one report this week that said that America has, I don't know how they measure this, but they said America has been growing in its anxiety for the past 80 years. And I don't know how they measure that. I don't know if it's true. I could see how that happens. I just know in my own life, you name it, I can be overwhelmed by it. You name it, I can have anxiety. I mean, vacations, weddings. I had a bruise on my leg uh, earlier this week. My wife was like, what's that on your leg? And I look and I got these awful looking bruises. So, you know, you Google it. And what does Google tell you? I'm dead, you know. Whatever you, your health is, it's like, oh man, all of this anxiety that can come our way. It really doesn't matter what the, the thing, oh, I know what it is. Smith decides to change the floor plan are you kidding me? In a town of control freaks? And then people are like going through and they have the guy trying to help you out. Like he's like, there, hey, can I help you? And people are like cussing at him, saying, I'm trying to find my thin crust pizza. And he's like, I'm just, I'm just here to help. You know, like he made the change. Like, you know, he just, they're getting paid and um, overwhelmed by, by anything. Um, we can, I, I don't know if you're one of those people I can maybe admit to a, maybe a few times where I've done this to where maybe it's like a Saturday and it's actually one of those Saturdays where you have some worry, you have some anxiety, but the anxiety is, I don't, I don't think I have anything to worry about. Like it feels weird that I don't, I'm not, I don't have anything to be anxious about and now I feel anxious because I don't know what this feeling is and we just, does anybody relate to that where you're just like, oh man. To be a little bit more serious, some of us, we can have some anxiety because our head's so far up our past and we identify with everything that's gone on and all the baggage in our past, we can't see that there's a future that God has for us in that. We can be so anxious about the busyness of the present, of what's going on right now. And without getting a a big picture view of things, which we're going to try to take a look at today, we're, we're like a, a mouse on a wheel. And we're just going, 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 and we're anxious today. We're anxious today. We're anxious today about an uncertain future, about an uncertain tomorrow, and we're anxious today, and we're just spinning our wheels. Why are we so anxious? And we got a future that's uncertain, and that drives a lot of us crazy too, but we were never meant to be in control of those things. Overwhelmed, worry, anxiety. Jesus we are, a Bi- we are a Bible-believing church. We are a praying church. We believe what Jesus said. He said some amazing things about worry. If you have your Bible, turn open to Matthew chapter 6, where we're going to kind of camp out today. Um, and we're going to look at what Jesus has to say about this. And let me just say, as you're turning there, I am not a doctor. I'm not a professional. So when I talk about worry and anxiety, all of us will deal with anxiety on different levels. I'm not a doctor. I'm going to hit this from a spiritual point of view. And I believe the science and the spiritual actually work together in harmony. And so there is no shame if you need to go seek professional help on dealing with any of these things that we're going to talk about in this series. There is none whatsoever. I think they all work together. You need to know that, but you also need to know I'm not going to try to diagnose. I'm going to hit this thing from from a spiritual point of view. Jesus says... In Matthew chapter 6, he's preaching a sermon. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. It actually takes up chapters 5, 6, and 7 of of Matthew. We're going to hit it in starting in verse 24, so kind of in the middle. And he says this. He says, no one 
can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Money, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought we were talking about worry. I thought we were talking about um, anxiety. Well, what is one of the top things that you and I worry about? He's going he's gonna to tie in worry here in a second. And he starts it off by talking about your finances because Jesus is, he's God, so he knows. I was going to say he's not dumb, but he's God. He knows. Hey, we worry about our, our, our finances. And what he's kind of pointing out here is that what you're worried about right now, that stressor that you came in with right now, and there's, there's the stressors that we'll name in small group, which is good. You need to get in a small group so we can deal with those. But I will also say that, that stressor, that thing that's got you anxious, that, that's going to your grave. Like you're not even going to tell your spouse about that. And it's, it's all up in our head. The things that we don't even mention... He knows. He knows. But what you're stressed about reveals your core devotions. Or another way to say that is what you are devoted to will be what you worry about, will be the things that cause you anxiety. You know, you know how I know this? Because I know some things that I'm not worried about. You know some things that I've never worried about? Your job. I've never once worried or had a sleepless night about your boss or, or the new contract that's coming in or the coworkers that you're with. I love you. I hope you love your job and have a great time. But you know what? I don't, I don't worry about it. You know what else I don't worry about or have anxiety about? Your kids' grades. I, 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 I hope they do well in school. I really want them to. You may call me and say, oh, they're failing, and I would, I would pray with you, and, and I would genuinely care, but I'm not going to worry about it. One more thing that I am not worried about, your retirement. Now, all you little empty nesters right now, I am so jealous of you. You guys have the life, but... I'm not spending sleepless nights worrying about your 401k. I hope you have an amazing retirement. I hope it's filled with fun and joy and trips and just leave whenever you want and all that fun stuff. But I'm not devoted to those things. You are. What you're devoted to will reveal what you worry about. And Jesus is kind of pointing that out with money. He goes on. So he says, that is why I tell you. In some of your translations, he says, therefore. So he's connecting. That's the connection. He's, he's saying, therefore, connect what I just said about money to worry. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Oh, thanks, Jesus. Don't worry like straight out of a Bob Marley concert. Don't worry, man, no problem. We got this. Super vague, super helpful, right? Just don't worry about it. Now, he hits on some things that he's talking to, specifically to the audience of his day, things that they worried about on a daily basis. He says, don't worry about the food or drink or clothes. Those were, at that time, things that they had to worry about day to day. You and I, mm, 
Probably not so much. So if he was speaking to this audience today, he'd say, hey, don't worry about everyday life. Don't worry about your 401k. Don't worry about if your kids are going to get into the college that they want. Don't worry about your health. Don't worry about if you're going to stay single for the rest of your life. Don't worry about your aging parents. Don't worry about if your house is going to sell or not. The things that you and I are consumed and focused on and devoted to in our lives. He says, isn't life more? Isn't it more than food in your body? More than clothing? Isn't life bigger than your retirement? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't life more than where your kids go to college? Yeah. Isn't life more than your health? My health is important. But yeah, life, that's not life. Life's more than these things. What are you saying, Jesus? Are you saying these things are not important? No. That's not his point at all. In fact, it's kind of quite the opposite. They are important, but he's making the point that the things you're worried about are not life. Marriage is not life. It is an important aspect in our lives, but it does not make up life. Otherwise, you'd get married and you're like, boom, you hit it and you're, you're done. Life's over. No, it's not what life, isn't life more than that. What he's trying to do for the audience there and today is help you pull back a bit. We are so hyper-focused on these things. He's saying, pull back for a minute, pull back. And he says, look at the birds. I ain't got time to look at the birds, Jesus. I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. Come on, Jesus. I got my cars broke. I got bills to pay. My kids are going crazy. Look at the birds. I got time for that. It's almost insulting that he would, I mean, he's kind of insensitive that he would say that. But he, he says, they don't plant or harvest or store food in the barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. Here's the point. Aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? God created man in his own image. Unlike any other species, he said, this humanity represents me. Do you think God cares for you more than the birds. Not saying don't be irresponsible, just go do whatever. No, do your best today, but trust him today in an uncertain future for tomorrow. He cares for you. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And the answer is no. He goes on to talk about wildflowers and how he clothes them. And then in verse 30, he says, why do you have so little faith. And he connects worry with our faith. Little faith, lots of anxiety and worry. Bigger faith, less anxiety, less worry. Still going to have it. But he connects the two together. He still hasn't, also just so you know, he still hasn't offered a solution yet. Still just pointing out some things, trying to get you to, to pull back here on your worry and your anxiety here. Pointing out how things work. So don't worry about these things, saying what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear. 
These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. If you're here today and you don't believe in Christ, I am certainly glad that you are here. You are welcome here any Sunday. You don't have to believe what we believe to belong here at Freedom Church. I'm glad you are here. But he's making a point. If you don't believe that there is a God that exists, then in many ways the worry that you face, the anxiety that you face, it's on you. Like you're gonna, it's on you to figure that one out. If you're here today and you don't believe in Christianity, you believe in another God, most all of other, Christ, uh, other beliefs, this is going to be a, if you have an issue with this or if you're offended, you can come talk to me later and I'll try to unpack this. But to kind of sum it up, you have to work it. You have to earn it to earn favor. Christianity is the only religion that I know of, only faith that I know of, where it's, it's all been done for you. It's by grace that you're saved through faith. That's how, you don't do anything to earn favor with God. Any other religion, it's, it's a works-based thing. You gotta, in order to make God happy, you have to do these things. Well, guess what? It's still on you in that case. Your worry and anxiety is still on you. But he's saying, hey, if you're a believer in Jesus, if you're in a believer of Yahweh, the one who, who did all this, the one who created all this, and you're worried about this, what are you acting like? You're acting like a, a practical atheist. You're denying that he's, he's been in control of it all since the very beginning. He says, you're acting no different than those who don't believe in me. You're acting like it's all on you. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Let that sink in. God knows. Whatever your stressor is, he already knows. You're fully known. You are still fully loved. There's a peace. There's a peace that knows, that he knows, that he understands. Because we have some junk. I don't know what you came in here with. Like, we all come in, we're look, you guys look beautiful. We're all looking good. But I know, we all got something. And he knows and he understands, and he's with you, and he's not alone. He's pursuing you today, letting you know that he knows. You're not in this fight all by yourself. Your father already knows what you need. Now he gets into the solution. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. What are you devoted to? No one can serve two masters. You'll be devoted to one and hate the other. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Be devoted to that. Live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Now sometimes I want to take words out of the Bible. I wish that said he would give you everything you want. There's a big difference between the two and I'm not really going to unpack that but I think you get the idea. He will give you everything you need. A good father won't give you everything that you want. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. What you're worried about reveals what your core devotions are. What if, the question for the day, what if you shifted your devotions? What would happen to your worry? What if you shifted your devotions? What would happen 
to your levels of anxiety and worry. They're going to hit. They're going to come. He says, you be devoted to my kingdom. My kingdom first. And he'll give you everything you need. See, there is God's kingdom. But then there's also my kingdom. And these things clash every single day. When you wake up, it's almost like you don't even hear. You're waking up. You don't even know this battle's going on. But it's like, ding, 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 in this corner, weighing in at the reigning champion for the past 637 days, taking down the previous eight generations of your family, your sinful nature. And you're going, And it comes to wipe you out every single day. I wish somebody would have told me that this is a fight every single day of your life that we choose. My kingdom? My sinful nature? What I want? Or his will? And seek his kingdom. Seek his kingdom first above all else in everything. Galatians chapter 5 says it like this. It says in verse 17, it says, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desire that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your own good intentions. It's called spiritual warfare. You are in a fight. You can't necessarily see it because it's of the spiritual nature, but it is there every single day of our lives. They are constantly fighting. So how do we fight? How do you fight this battle? How do you seek the kingdom first? First is dealing with your pride. First Peter chapter 5 verses 6 and 7. Peter Jesus is one of his best friends, one of the original disciples who spent a ton of time with Jesus. Said, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries, give all your anxieties, cast all your anxieties and cares to God for he cares about you. He says, anxiety is kind of like a, this rock. Like, it's got some weight to it. And right now, I'm fine. Like, for a while, I'll be fine. I could hold on to this thing for a while. But after an hour, two hours, if that long, it's like, somebody, somebody want to hold this or something? But a lot of us, because of pride... I got it. I got this. No, you know, you know, you know. And really, really because of pride, because we say, we got it, we got it. I don't want you to see my anxiety. So I just kind of put it in my backpack, tuck it away, and I, I got it. I'm good. But because of our pride, maybe, maybe this is one area where I'm holding on. But you and I know 
it can hit on different things. So, marriage, I got it. Let's see here. Finances, I got it. Mm. Here we go, 401k. I didn't do marriage, the big one, just so you know. We got all these things. Oh, man, I'm trying to juggle these around. My wife, one time, we were going through an airport, and when we had kids, you know how this goes. When you got a little, you got an infant, and you got, like, the, the diaper bag, and you got the, the food, and anyway, I, she looked at me one time, and I'm carrying all the stuff through the airport. She's like, you kind of look like a donkey. <laughs> but she's smart. She, she knows. She knows how to work, she says but you look like a strong donkey, too. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's right. I'll carry all this luggage through the airport. Well, we are, we're in Dallas Airport. Donkey's starting to get tired. I'm walking along, and she's a few paces ahead of me. And she says, I stopped. She goes, what are you, what are you doing? And I looked at her and said, the donkey is tired. Some of you, your mind and your body physically is screaming to you. The donkey is tired. You're carrying stuff you weren't meant to carry. You're lashing out at your kids. You're lashing out at people. In reality, it's saying you're the donkey's tired. We're freaking out, worrying about things. And we're trying to hold on to it and say, I'm good, I'm good. And everything inside of us is saying, I'm tired. Cast all your cares and anxieties and worries on him for he cares for you. I'm good. I got it. I got it. I can do this. I can do this. I'm not sleeping at night. The donkey's tired, but I got this. Patience. You missed this. You didn't see this. It says, humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, at the right time, He will lift you up. Guess what? You don't get to choose when the right time is. Oh, okay, here you go, here you go. You can have that. You can... Today, I'm hearing this message. God, here's my, here's my finances. Here's, here's this. It's good. Tuesday. Drama. I got it. I got it. I mean, Jesus, I prayed. I prayed. I went to church. I tried, but nothing happened. I went to church. It didn't work. I read my Bible. It didn't work. I got in a small group. It didn't work. Listen, you don't get to choose when the right time is. We are, we are the nation. We are the, the generation that burns our mouths on Hot Pockets. Like, we call that a meal somehow. Then we, we shove it into a microwave, and because we can't wait, because we have no patience, we get it out and we burn our mouths. you got to give it to him. And when you give it to him, you got to keep giving it to him. In the right time could be tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, 10 years. you got to resist picking up what you weren't meant to carry. And then, prayer. 
Jesus gives an example at the end of his life, Luke chapter 22, right before he was arrested, right before he was crucified. He says he walked away, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane with his disciples, and he knelt down and he prayed. Prayer first, not prayer last, prayer first. You worry, you have anxiety, just the, the trigger should be prayer. Worry, prayer, worry, prayer, anxiety, prayer. Maybe not fixing it right away at the right time, but this is the start. Jesus modeled this. Seeking the kingdom. Pray. There's power in prayer. Mentioned before in the video about how we have time for prayer. We've already prayed for healing for somebody today from a tumor. If you need prayer after the service, we'll have people here to pray with you, pray for you. Get in a small group. Have people pray for you in there too. I believe in the power of prayer. People will get healed by the power of prayer. Jesus prayed. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering. Name it. It's okay. You can, I, I know we don't want to go to a dark place. But God already knows. Name it. What are you stressing about today? What is your anxiety today? Name it. Because if you can name it, there's a name above all other names that has victorious over whatever you can name. Name it. Take this cup of suffering. He didn't want to go to the cross. His humanity coming out, saying, I don't want this. Take it away from me. And here is how you seek the kingdom first. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Your kingdom first. Surrender. Surrendering your will. And don't miss this. Don't miss this. He prayed. Scripture says he did this prayer three times. He gave it to him three times in other gospel accounts. Then an angel of heaven appeared and strengthened him. He gave up his will. He cast his anxiety on God and he received strength. He prayed more fervently and he was in such agony of spirit that he, his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. Listen, if you're struggling with anxiety today, it is not because you're unspiritual. Some people will put that shame on you you're suffering from depression or some sort of mental illness and like well i guess you're just not having enough faith no jesus was under a immense amount of pressure here he's sweating he's facing so much fear i don't think he's you know it is okay don't shame yourself if you're struggling but know there is a process and a way to overcome it prayer submitting your will to him devoting yourself to him jesus says it like this come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take your yoke, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. I don't know who needs to break free of some anxiety today, but Jesus is saying, let it. Let it go. Let it go. You're carrying something that you weren't meant to carry. Cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. How do I know Jesus cares for me? I've never seen him. How do I know God has, cares for me? I've had all these things happen to me. How do I know? Is there any evidence that says that God cares for me. I had someone, someone asked me, 
a while back, I was sitting at lunch. I would believe in God if he showed up on earth and, and, and appeared to my face so I could see him face to face. I don't have that magic spell within me. Nobody does. Said, we're about 2,000 years late to that party. Because he did come face to face. In the most personal way possible. He didn't come at a distance. At the center of our faith is a cross. And it wasn't something pretty. At the center of our faith is Jesus Christ, God himself, coming to this earth, demonstrating how much he loves you, demonstrating how much he knows and cares, demonstrating that he's not distant, that he's not numb to your feelings, demonstrating that he's willing, pursuing you right here and right now, whatever you're facing, and letting you know that he loves you so much that he would give everything, his own life, for you. And here's the beauty of it. Here's the kicker, because I think some people need to be set free. Because he didn't just demonstrate it on a cross. He did more than saying it. He actually did it. But he did not stay dead. So whatever you're going through today, get this. There's victory. He overcame death. So you, through strength in him, not you carrying it, but you giving it to him, you have a victor on your side. But we need to devote, devote ourselves to his kingdom and his will and his plan. And when you do that, the things that you're caring about, the things that you're stressed about, it's not to say that they will ever be eliminated. But when Jesus submitted himself to the will of the Father, it wasn't just for him. It was for you and I. When we demonstrate our faith in God, I really believe you're going to set not only yourself free, but there are people around you in this city, in this town, maybe even in this room, within your family. They're going to see you go through that, and they're going to be set free. It's how God works, because it's bigger. Isn't life bigger than what I'm going through right now? Yes! It's so much more. So I don't wish these things upon us, but they're going to hit. But we have a Savior who knows, who cares, and who has overcome. What if today, what if today we shifted our devotion? What would happen to your worry? Let's pray. Thank you again for listening to the podcast at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. A few next steps that you can take coming out of this. One is head to our website and let us know just exactly how we can help you take your next step. Also, if we have had a positive impact in your life or in your family and you want to partner with us financially, you can go to our website and click give. That will get the message out so we can impact more people through this ministry. And finally, click the subscribe button. That way you know you get the latest content from the podcast as well as rate it, review it. That will help get the message out to others. Hope you have a, a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening.